All right, well, it's Tuesday, the 12th of November, 2019. More or less, anyway, what's left of it. Uh, This is episode 126. Before getting started, please don't forget to follow me on all social media at Autonomous Hogue, and go ahead and leave five stars and a written review over on Apple Podcasts if you enjoy the show. I wanted to quickly circle back to something I left you with last week about a promised special guest coming up. So, um, yeah, I'm really thrilled to share with you that on Thursday, I'll be having a conversation with the director of design for advanced mobility and the experience studio at GM, Stuart Norris. So I've always been fascinated by design generally. In fact, one of my favorite shows on Netflix is called Abstract, The Art of Design. So the chance to be able to kind of do a deep dive with Stuart and all things involving design, especially and particularly as it relates to autonomous vehicles, both externally as well as internally, this is something I'm really thrilled about and just can't wait to do this. So anyway, the conversation will be taking place on Thursday. And so if all goes well, I should have it live by Friday for Friday's episode. Um, worst case scenario, though, a week from today, next Tuesday. Right. Well, let's uh, dive and get started today, because what have we got? Well, let's see here. Today is apparently the safety episode. Today, cars are getting safer in Europe. The driving tests are coming to autonomous cars. And I'm going to talk about a little thing called, appropriately enough, the safety paradox. All this right now. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, so today, yeah, this actually wasn't really planned, this this idea of doing a safety episode, but it's kind of what it's turning out to be. And that's pretty appropriate, really, considering that the other really big issue from uh, the events in Munich now almost two weeks ago, the first of which we discussed in the previous episode, the issue of, of uh, acceptance of autonomous vehicles. Um, but yeah, safety was really kind of one of the big resounding issues that we discussed Um, And so it's really appropriate, I think, to kind of dive into this now. Um, So, and by the way, if you haven't seen the videos yet uh, of those events, do check them out. You can find them over on my website. Uh, Also, of course, uh, just go to YouTube, search for Matrix, that's M-A-T-R-I-C-K-Z, and you can find them there. And of course, I've shared them all over social media. But to kick things off today, yeah, so safer cars in the EU. This is something we first mentioned gosh, I don't know, maybe a year ago when it was first announced, um, but got some more kind of details on it here. And this is kind of the perfect way to kick off the next two segments of today's episode. Um, Really, I just want to kind of summarize what's going on. But suffice to say, by mid-2022, there's going to be all sorts of requirements for uh, automobiles released in the EU market. It turns out that under the new rules... um, Every motor vehicle that goes for sale on uh, in the EU market will have to have the following safety features. I should say I'm not entirely clear if this is an exhaustive list. 
in no particular order then, uh, intelligent speed assistance, which I'm interpreting to be not just adaptive cruise control, but um, a pretty cool thing, I'm assuming, which we do not have here in the American market. I just, or at least I don't think that we do. Um, I'm assuming this is meaning something like a speed limiter, not simply cruise control, but um, literally a speed limiter, which disallows you from accelerating beyond a certain speed. Um, Really quite practical, actually, in speed camera equipped zones. Um, this is kind of neat driver drowsiness and attention warning system. So if you ever thought about that little coffee cup icon that might appear on your car in the last several years, kind of wondered what that is. Well, it turns out this is apparently more than just a gimmick and this is going to be mandated for all new vehicles come 2022. The idea being that the car can sort of, at least my understanding for how these work is that the car either or both, I suppose, has a concept of what reasonably safe controlled attentive driving looks like based on things like throttle input, brake input, and crucially, of course, steering input. Or your steering input's kind of jerky and kind of mm, kind of all over the place, or are they more kind of smooth? Do you tend to drift out of your lane? And I think it's also comparing it based on your prior driving habits. Um, I don't think that's a particularly tricky thing to get because this kind of data accumulated over time should be pretty... You know, this would be pretty consistent, I would imagine. Um, I've actually seen the coffee cup appear on on my car a couple of times. I, I can't honestly say I thought it was that adequate, or I should say accurate, um, or indeed adequate to compel me to pull over. Um, but in any event, it'll be interesting to see how, this, how these uh, kind of flesh out in the coming years and, and improve. All right, let's see what else. I don't want to kind of go through everything on this list here, but emergency stop signals, uh, reversing detection systems, so everything from sonar to cross-traffic camera um, and automatic braking when reversing, that kind of thing. Uh, Event data recorders, so basically black boxes of sorts. Uh, Accurate tire pressure monitoring. And supplemental additional safety measures are going to be required apparently for, for cars and vans, which are going to include things like advanced emergency braking systems, emergency lane keeping systems and enlarged head impact protection zones. The idea being to better protect pedestrians and cyclists from collisions with vehicles. Trucks and buses are going to have additional safety requirements, things like a better way to monitor blind spots. Uh, They have to be equipped with advanced safety systems that are able to detect pedestrians and cyclists in close proximity to the vehicle, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the reason I'm sort of etceterizing this list of things is because there are a lot of things, and that's all really good and well. But as I kind of want to segue into in the following segments here, I should say in the last segment especially, the safety paradox, these bring with them a whole new slew of concerns. And if you have an idea of what I'm on about, well, it's kind of exactly the same sorts of things that we've talked about with respect to Tesla's autopilot. And indeed, with all semi-autonomous systems that still require human attention and human input. Namely, the question of, is there a bit of a of a drop in safety when you've got all these automated systems that ultimately, however, necessarily cause the human driver to be less involved, less attentive? Um, yeah, so so we'll get to that shortly, but, but what I want to touch on next which I think is certainly appropriate, though, is this notion of driving tests that the IEEE is proposing for autonomous vehicles. This, of course, really ties in neatly to everything I've been saying, well, forever about the need for a set of standards, guidelines, and indeed something akin to an FAVA. Hear that? 
Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armor All, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armor All products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armor All, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, so so yeah, so the IEEE is basically so the general idea is that the, the AI development needs to essentially mirror what human drivers and indeed the public at large would expect from autonomous cars and frankly from AI generally. And so to kind of um, paraphrase from the three bullet points here, so first of all, AI must never engage in any sort of careless or dangerous or you know reckless behavior because of course AI needs to remain always aware and willing and able to avoid collisions at all times and finally must meet or exceed the performance of a competent careful human driver this last well those first two points are pretty obvious right but that third and final point I think is rather interesting because honestly how do you define the competent careful human driver um so so I guess at the end of the day then we're going to need to really just compare data points right so it's going to be a question of is this AI, is this AV going to be, on average, better than the optimal driver? I mean, this actually really reminds me of a conversation I had probably a year or so ago. I wonder if you remember it. It was, uh, I was invited to be a guest over on the Driverless podcast hosted by the um, Tucker Ellis Law Firm up in Cleveland, Ohio. And the conversation was really, really quite fascinating, actually. It was this notion of, a reasonably prudent AI. And for those of you who are attorneys or at least familiar with law, you'll no doubt draw the connection to the concept of the RPP standard, the reasonably prudent person. And there's this notion in negligence in in, in common law, at least here in the US, where we kind of determine negligence as based against a reasonable person, right? So the question ends up being, is this some sort of a duty that was breached Meaning, uh, would a reasonable person have made this mistake? And if the answer is no, a reasonable person would not have breached such a duty, then other factors being present, then arguably there was negligence involved. Conversely, if an ordinary person might have made such a mistake, then we can't really say that that was negligent, right? Because it's an ordinary thing that an ordinary person would have done with reasonable care. And so that's kind of the the standard, the, the, sort of the idea for that discussion about this reasonably prudent AI and so for me, then, that's sort of the thing that we're going to need insofar as determining whether AI meets or exceeds the performance of a competent, careful human driver, right? Because that that is precisely what we're talking about. Look, no autonomous vehicle is going to be perfectly safe. There's not going to be any 100% safety or I should say any sort of 0% accident or injury or even death rate. It's just not going to happen. Um and I've said quite a few times, perhaps not so popularly, um, that I'm really okay with that. I'm really okay with an autonomous vehicle with an AI system generally causing, yeah, death or injury, as long as in the aggregate we have a drastic reduction in accidents, deaths, and injuries, right? Because ultimately that is what matters, or at least that must be what matters. So unless I'm missing something, and I really challenge anybody to call me out on this, we need to ensure that we do better than we are now. Number two, ensuring that we have a set of standards so that we know whether we've actually accomplished that. So that, that's kind of where things are headed. I'm really glad to see this. There's there's not much more I have on details here. Um, I'm going to give give a further look into this to see what else I can 
get out of it. But suffice to say, I'm pretty pleased to hear this, and I'll bring more to you as soon as, as soon as I learn it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right. So this then brings us to the third and final point, which is really this paradox of safety thing that I mentioned earlier, which sounds a bit ridiculous until you realize it really isn't. Um, let me just begin by quoting... I think pretty verbatim, uh, a professor I had at UCLA, for those of you who might know him or remember him, his name was, his name was Professor Rodney Swanson. This was for Econ, huh, Econ 1, actually, is what it was. Um, brutally different, difficult professor, brutally different intro course to Econ. Um, and he kicked off the lesson uh, pretty early on with a remarkably, ridiculously hilarious comment. He said, if you want to make a car safer, rip out the seatbelt, rip out the airbags, and replace the airbag with a giant metal spike. So, yeah, that, that would be a remarkably safe car. And the funny thing is, he actually has a point. In a funny sort of way, it would be safe, wouldn't it? I mean, if we treat that sort of a vehicle design as being the absolute lowest bound of vehicle safety, people would simply never drive the car, in which case we would have effectively zero accident rates and precisely zero death and injury rates. Okay, never mind the fact that we'd effectively have nobody driving cars whatsoever, but that would result in, well, zero vehicle deaths. Okay, I mean, let's kind of elevate this a bit above the level of absurdity. The point of this lesson is simply that people tend to take people try to increase their 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 safety margin when they're doing something particularly dangerous and conversely people tend to take more risks when things get safer right so i think to keep this firmly rooted in reality let me give a rather more i think appropriate analogy when i started to learn to drive um it was kind of when you could still actually get a car if, if you tried hard enough anyway, you could still get a car without things like ABS or a traction control system. I actually had a Mustang in my college days, which, yeah, I think it was easily one of the last truly manual vehicles you could buy. Manual in the truest sense of the word. Manual transmission, no traction control, and no ABS. And I did a few track days with this car, and I remember my dad was telling me how glad he was that I was learning to drive on such a car because in the absence of any sort of electronic nannies and techno wizardry, um, it was arguably a better way to learn how to drive. Yes, the risks were higher, but as long as you were well instructed and as long as you, you know, certainly experimented on a racetrack, the truth is it did teach you to respect the dangers of cars, I would say much more so than any modern car today. Um, you know, just to give a really clear example of what I'm on about, I mean, if you just put your foot to the floor, you were going to spin out and you were going to crash and you were going to die. This is a fact. In a modern car, you 
can't really spin out unless you really, really try. And even then, it's very, very difficult, even in certain cars in snow and ice conditions. I mean, it's a very tricky thing to do. Modern cars, electronic gadgets are... I mean, they've turned driving into practically, like... It just it, it almost doesn't require any thought anymore, apart from just kind of obey the rules. But insofar as the actual act of driving the car, there just isn't anything left to it anymore. You can just sort of hop in a car and off you go. There isn't any skill required to truly drive um, safely and stay on the road, although there's a lot of skills still required to be, um, shall we just say, a good driver. But so this then ends up producing a whole bunch of problems where... There isn't really a need anymore to kind of respect driving, to respect the car, to respect the physics of driving, to respect the dangers of driving. And so I would argue that although indeed by certain metrics at certain times in recent years anyway, we've had certainly an improvement in, to, to a certain degree anyway in accidents at certain age groups and this, that, the other, I would argue actually that indeed this potentially makes driving more risky. But never mind my opinion on this. What matters, of course, is the data and more importantly, what matters is the concerns of experts in the autonomous vehicle industry, namely that one of the most challenging things to overcome will be the transition between, say, level two vehicles all the way up to level five. There's this concern that if you have a level four and perhaps even a level three vehicle, drivers are going to be so inattentive that, well, they need to kind of monitor the car, but they're just not going to be paying attention. And so... When the car needs to suddenly hand over control to the driver, there's going to be too much of a lag, too much of a delay, and the driver will not be able to take over because they're kind of out of the loop, as it were, right? You follow what I'm saying? All right, so I mean, if you're not really paying attention, it's a lot harder to kind of snap back to attention. Oh, yeah, I better swerve or I better brake because the car just said, oh, crap, I can't do this. I need your help. I mean, to use a, another analogy, in this case, Tesla, and I've talked about this quite a bit in the past, right, that with a Tesla... Um, it's very, very easy to do things like fall asleep, get distracted, glance at your phone when you shouldn't. These are all things that I would have never done with my old Mustang, you know, which required, well, shifting gears manually, not locking up the brakes on a rainy day, and not accelerating too hard around a corner, you know, for fear of spinning out. You just, you couldn't get distracted with an old car with or then it was a pretty new car, actually, but you couldn't get distracted with a car that didn't have these safety nets. And so, so yeah, so back to my professor's original point, yeah, it's true that, ironically, the safest car is actually arguably the more dangerous one. And so we've got a very real challenge with respect to the the ongoing deployment of these safety measures. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting for a moment that these that this is a mistake, right? I'm not suggesting for a moment that gradually deploying additional safety measures is a mistake or that the EU's mandated, as we discussed a moment ago, um, for all cars come 2022 to have all these additional safety measures. I'm not suggesting this is a mistake. It isn't. What I am suggesting, though, is that ironically, and indeed perhaps a bit paradoxically, um, safety in cars is going to be ultimately only as good as the driver. Um, yes, the safety measures will help avoid occasional accidents in certain scenarios, but the incidence of such near misses, of near accidents occurring, I would suggest, I would hypothesize, are actually going to increase. Just thinking about myself, I'm not embarrassed to admit that in the, what, three years or so that my wife and I have, have owned a car which has automatic emergency braking, 
I am not at all embarrassed to admit that I have had far more instances of the car automatically slamming on its brakes because I did, in fact, get distracted. You know, I've had far more occurrences like that than I've ever experienced on my own with older cars where I simply never got distracted, or at least exceedingly rarely so. So so I don't know. Um, to me, this is a tricky thing, right? So I, I guess I'm kind of talking in circles here. I guess what I'm really getting at is, because I'm just sort of thinking out loud as I say this, I think what we're going to see, and I think what the data is going to validate in the coming years is... And I'd love to see this data, right? It's, 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 the, it's the number of times these automatic emergency systems are in fact activated in cars, right? I think what we're going to see is the activation rate is going to increase. The near misses are going to go way up because people will inevitably get more careless. But I do believe that the accident rates, or at least the injury and certainly the death rates, will absolutely start to go down. Anyway, this is all kind of a mouthful uh, let me know your thoughts. Feel free to reach out to me and we'll discuss it more in a future episode. I do think, though, this concept of safety and indeed the paradox of safety is a really fascinating thing. So if anybody has any thoughts on the data generally, uh, by all means, let, let's have a chat.